the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Monday. Oh my. Yeah, glad to have you guys here with me as we kick off another week rolling in. I think we're 22 days away from uh, the most consequential election of our lifetime. And uh, glad to have you guys share this hour with me here. I am Andrea Kay, dynamite in a dress, busting through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy every night of the week. It's a good thing I'm able to even speak right now because I just I just drank a sip of the hottest coffee known to Matt. man. Say what? Yeah, who can I sue? I can't sue anybody because I made it myself. <laughs> Phones are open for whatever it is you have on your mind. We did watch day one today of the Amy Coney Barrett, the ACB nomination hearings. It was interesting in some ways and not so much in others. And we're going to talk about it because it is absolutely important that we do because it is con- it is consequential. Uh, for her to be confirmed as the latest associate justice on the Supreme Court. 888-344-1170. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. I am on Instagram at Andrea K. Show. We are streaming live right now on Facebook at the Answer San Diego Facebook page. We will share it also to our special little fun little Facebook group called Caniacs. And if you are watching on Facebook, you can see that I am wearing my T-shirt <clears throat> with the aforementioned group name on it, in case you can't figure out how to spell it. K-A-Y-E-N-I-A-C-S-M-I-C-K-E-Y. Who remembers that? <laughs> I'm in a mood. I'm in a great mood. You know why? Because I am loving me some Amy Coney Barrett. You know who else I'm loving? I'm loving my man, the one and only DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman is a man of great character and intellect. DJ Potato Skins. I'm okay with you singing that song because you know what? We can't go to Disneyland right now because uh, King Newsom refuses to open theme parks. So mm-hmm. we got to have some fun so you know we uh, go for the song do it thank you uh yeah 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 um speaking of that we got breaking news happening on the lockdowns and the shutdowns uh, to bring to you guys um and and if you are watching on uh, F- facebook live yeah i see the comments about volume we'll see if we can if we can figure out what's happening there you can always switch to the stream and listen to us at the answer san diego.com uh, and we will but uh, during the break we will take a take a look and see why you're struggling to listen on uh, Facebook Live right now. Um, okay, uh, later on in the show, too, we want to want you to stay tuned because later on in the show, if you're in the San Diego area, we've got an event to tell you guys about. 
with with this election coming up in three weeks, we must get involved. I love that you guys listen here every night. I love that you're active on social media. We've got to make sure that we're voting. We've got an interesting story coming out of California that has to do with that. A mystery has been solved in regards to mail-in balloting. Uh, but I want you to get active, and I want you to, to stay tuned because we've got an event coming up here locally for you to go to on Thursday night called Politics in Paradise. We'll get you the details later. you got to get active. It's an opportunity for you to go do a meet and greet of candidates in San Diego County uh, and take take friends to go to that. Got to get involved. Okay, so today, day one of the Amy Coney Barrett hearings, and I wasn't sure what to expect because we know that what the left, that there is nothing that they will not do for power. There is no life that they will not destroy for power. And we have seen that across the board. We have seen lives being destroyed with the Black Lives Matter and Antifa movement in which they are literally uh, encouraging and enabling lives being destroyed. We're talking about police officers being being shot at, being uh, hit in the head, having milk, cement milkshakes thrown at them. We we know that this movement has these bars that these you know, wands and batons that they take with them. We know that the left is encouraging these riots and these looters to burn down and destroy businesses. Businesses. We know that that uh, the movement of these shutdowns, the in, in, the pain that is being inflicted on the average in Americans, the, the pain being inflicted economically with businesses being shut down, the pain being inflicted through these shutdowns on individuals in, in terms of um, isolation, the increased suicides, we the the child abuse that's happening, all the different ways in which Americans lives are being destroyed through these shutdowns. It's all by design. So we know. That you then look at the Supreme Court nomination, these hearings. We know that they will go after to personally destroy any conservative who dares to get nominated. So I was wondering, and we and we saw it play out with Kavanaugh, where they literally manufactured gang rape allegations against an innocent man. What was I going to see today against Amy Coney Barrett? They knew that it backfired on them with Kavanaugh. Yeah, they picked up seats in the House in 2018, but they lost. The Republican Party gained seats in the Senate. And they knew with Amy Coney Barrett that they had to be careful because they knew that Dianne Feinstein in 2017 telling her that the dogma was strong in her. As, as a Catholic, they knew they couldn't, they couldn't attack her with, in, in that way, at least at this point. We have no idea what they're waiting to the 11th hour to bring out on Amy Coney Bear. But what we saw today was we saw a calculated attempt to make her be the, the, the woman who is going after to try to ruin the lives of everybody with a pre-existing condition. We saw today all these Democrats in unison. I don't know who they hired out of Hollywood to be their scriptwriter for all their opening statements, but it was Democrat after Democrat after Democrat today with posters of all these Americans who had these who had cancer or died or, you know, uh, this one and that one. It, It was so redundant. It was so lacking in any genuineness, so lacking in any authenticity that it completely backfired. It was absolutely ridiculous today, but there was a couple of things that I thought that were really important to tell you guys about that had to do with the hearings today. I'll address the healthcare stuff in a little bit, but what I felt, what really stood out to me today was um, and it was not even just the way that they were exploiting coronavirus, because their strategy was 
they know that they don't have the votes to stop Andy Coney Barrett. So it was clearly what this is about is it's about trying to affect the election right now through they won seats in the House in 2018. So by going after her with health care, tying it into coronavirus, they're hoping that they can just make everybody so freaked out that they're going to go and vote for Biden and Harris instead of Trump. And I think that that's a loser for them. What really uh, struck out to me was a couple of things today. I felt that the real winners and losers of today's hearings, day one, the winners were uh, Ted Cruz and Ben Sass, believe it or not, because they gave the American people a civics lesson, a much needed civics lesson, because this hearing today is coming off the heels of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris refusing to answer the question whether or not they will pack the court. In fact, the Democrats are trying to trying to pivot and change the definition of packing the court. But but that aside, and we'll talk about that after the first break, what was so important today to anybody watching what I thought was absolutely brilliant and the and the the MVPs of today's hearings was Ted Cruz and Ben Sass because what they did as a favor to the Republican Party and to the American people was a civics lesson. Ted Cruz in particular talked about the the role of the Supreme Court. And one of the things that he talked about in the role of the Supreme Court was he said that there was what was really and, and he came later later on in it and he said that what what was so striking in terms of the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats in terms of how they see the role of the Supreme Court was that the Democrats and what we made Ted Cruz's comments so brilliant is that he explained this in a way that a fifth grader or as Ben Sass talked about eighth graders eighth grade civics class anybody could understand what Ted Cruz was talking about because sometimes. Uh, legislators and attorneys, they try to get into these complicated, and, and I struggle with that on my show as well, trying to, trying to, to narrow down and take a complicated situation and simplify it in a way that people could understand. And what Ted Cruz did was he talked about the roles of the courts, and he said the Democrats view the courts as a way to set up a super legislator to make them super legislators. And he talked about how he said it's hard to think of a less democratic notion than having unelected philosophers sitting as kings with life terms decreeing rules for 330 million Americans. And that just so crystallized exactly for the average American voter what the Democrats are trying to do. Trying to do with their how they want to use the Supreme Court and what their goal is for packing the Supreme Court. He went on and talked about how um, he can't a rogue court that impugns policies that you don't like. You Americans have no ability to balance it, that our founders set up a system of checks and balances. And when you have a rogue court that is impugning policies. And rules on the American people. We don't have any way to balance it. But if you have a rogue Congress that's coming up with crap, you can get the bums out of office, he said. And it was absolutely, it was absolutely brilliant. Another point that I liked uh, before we go to break was, was Cornyn out of Texas. He said that the Democrats want to come, what they want to do is, is uh, to Amy Coney Barrett and all this stuff about uh, Obamacare today and all this. It's about the fact that they know that the Supreme Court's going to hear a case in November. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to get a commitment or what they will try to do in the next couple of days is try to get a commitment out of Amy Coney Barron on how she's going to rule on the case as a quid pro quo 
for their vote. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant because those of us, uh, I'm old enough to remember how it was just in January when Nan- the day the Nancy Pelosi was handing out pins for impeachment while President Trump was stopping the travel ban of China to try, try to keep the coronavirus f- from coming here. What was that all about? That was about accusing President Trump of a quid pro quo, withholding something that somebody wanted in order to get something that they wanted. And I thought that was brilliant. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to keep talking about this Amy Coney Barrett hearings and how it relates to the election and why it's so important and what we can expect to see uh, tomorrow. Uh, so stay tuned. We've got more Andrea K. Show coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking about the winners, heroes, and losers of today's day one of the Amy Coney Barrett nomination hearings. I got to tell y'all, and it's not just because he's from Louisiana. Man can turn a phrase. Okay, Senator Kennedy today, he was referencing the Kavanaugh nomination hearings, and he said that that he said it was like the cantina scene from Star Wars, and said it was a freak show. <laughs> <laughs> I have never even seen Star Wars, and it was a great line. Absolutely. He was DJ Potato Skins is like shaking his head. Um, that was that was just um, it was a magnificent line. I, I fast forwarded through uh, through uh, Amy Klobuchar. You know, it's like two minutes in. She was getting hysterical and it was like somebody hand her a hair comb so she can eat a salad. You know, I mean, and, you know, Cory Booker with his feigned. You know, theatrics and, you know, uh, wasn't, didn't we just, uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember the VP debate last week and when Mike Pence supposedly was mansplaining all over to what's her name, Kamala Harris, you know, so those, it, it didn't work. It didn't work for him today. It didn't work at all. Um, and, um, Kim, speaking of Kamala Harris, one thing that was clear to me, her script, it, she read from some statement and it was all about trying to overall, particularly her statement was about trying to delegitimize. They can't delegitimize Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. It was clear that she was the smartest person in the room today. Smartest person in the room. It was absolutely obvious. And so they can't delegitimize her. So all they're trying to do, uh, they, they can't win this. They know that she's going to get, she's going to get confirmed. So all they can do is try to delegitimize her and, and, uh, exploit the coronavirus as it plays into Obamacare. I don't know if that, you know, in order to try to, you know, beat Trump, you know, in three weeks from now, I don't know if that's going to work because one of the things I was thinking about today is, who is so in love with Obamacare? Why, you know, they're trying to trot out all these people in these posters. Oh, so-and-so's worried they're going to lose Obamacare. Oh my gosh, got to have Obamacare. And I'm sitting here thinking, are you kidding me? I got to have surgery next week. And do you know what is, I can't, I'm not even going to sit here and tell you what it's going to cost me out of pocket while I have insurance, while I'm spending twice on my monthly premiums than I was pre-Obamacare. I'm still going to have to pay buku out of pocket because while premiums skyrocketed three to four times, I'm old enough to remember one of the reasons why the Republican Party won the majority in 2014 was because when the reality of Obamacare hit, people were like, what? What do you mean? You were supposed to, we were supposed to insure all the uninsured, 30 million people. Instead, 10 million people got kicked off their insurance because companies fled California and beyond. 
What do you mean? I was supposed to have premiums. It cost me the, the, the same amount as my cell phone bill. Instead, it tripled. And on top of it, I can have an insurance card and still not have access to go see a doctor. On top of the fact that now I got a deductible I got to meet, and then I still got to pay a percentage of my surgery. What did I get when I got Obamacare? I got a crap sandwich. And let me tell you, we would have had Obamacare repealed and replaced, but for the traitor known as John McCain. Okay, I don't know anybody that's in love with Obamacare. What has happened, though, is the American people, we we adjust, we adapt, and we begin to accept and work around the circumstances that get fed to us. So unfortunately, we do have a lot of people that have just come to accept it. Eat, eat, you know, eat, eat the eat the tripling of our premiums. Suck it up the fact that I got to pay out the gazoo for my deductible. President Trump and Mike Pence, Mike Pence did not knock it out of the park with the answer on Obamacare. They need to be forceful and say we would have repealed and replaced this crap sandwich of Obamacare. But for the Republican Party, Trump, when Trump was in 2015 and 2016, he ran against both parties and he needs to do it again. They need to call out. Yeah, we got Republicans on the ticket in the Senate and the House. And you know what? Hold their feet to the fire. Make every one of them, like Lindsey Graham running for re-election, make them promise that they will do right by the American people and get rid of Obamacare. Um, another hero of the day today is the woman herself, Amy Coney Barrett. Her speech today, her statement was, you, one of the things that I love about people that are truly intelligent and brilliant, those are the people that don't have to, you just know it when, the second they start moving their lips, right? They don't have to announce it. They don't have to try to impress you like Kamala Harris and, and, you know, Cory Booker and, you know, Klobuchar and, you know, Maisie Hirono. Um, Speaking of Maisie Hirono today, um, you know, uh, Cory Booker is is in the running for winning this year's Razzie Award out of Hollywood for worst performances. Uh, Maisie Hirono gets the uh, there needs to be an award for the most cynical, most gratuitous, um, poorly, poorly used um, sympathy card. Her speech today talking about her cancer, it came across, you know, it didn't work. She tried to trot out the C card, make herself sympathetic. Lindsey Graham sucked up to her, but you know what? It didn't work because quite frankly, Maisie Hirono, nobody's interested in your cancer story um, because I guarantee you, you ain't got to pay out of pocket like I'm going to have to do for my surgery. And oh, by the way, you don't get any sympathy, Maisie Hirono, when you joined in. Against you joined in and actually said that you believed these false allegations, including gang rape. You participated in the persecution of an innocent man. So I'm not really interested in your C card or anything that you went through as a person because it wasn't near what you put Brett Kavanaugh through. Um, Speaking of Amy, so Amy Coney Barrett, um, one of the things that I thought that was most important that she said today was she said that courts are not designed to solve every problem or right every wrong in public life. The the statement that most people are are lot in locked in on that she sta- she said today was when she talked about how um, the you know being an originalist and textualist and how you know she doesn't you know uh, it's not the place of the courts to make policy or whatever this that's not really the statement that that was so stunning to me today or actually the most important statement that she made the most important statement that she could have made today which I guarantee you would send a chill up the spine of every you know progressive, every liberal, every Democrat out there, uh, was that courts are not designed to solve every problem or right every wrong in public life. 
Isn't that what the entire leftist agenda is all about? The use of government and i.e. more importantly, the use of courts to do their job. Because if it's done through the courts and if it can get if it can get get the stamp of approval on the Supreme Court, then it's the law of the land forever. And it's the precedent. And that's exactly what socialism and Marxism picurism is all about. It's all about replacement of God with state. It's all about that's what reparations is all about, isn't it? Isn't that what the Black Lives Matter movement is all about? It's all about the, the whole social justice warrior movement is all about the use of our government and the use of our courts. To try to get to try to right some wrong reparations is about supposedly writing some wrong that was done to somebody hundreds of years ago. Everything about the social justice movement, everything about what the left is all about is about trying to right every wrong. Whether or not there was even a wrong committed. Trying to make people whole. Because somebody suffered something. No, nobody's ever made me whole. If I if I get robbed today and my, and my purse and my wallet and everything's stolen, am I supposed to be able to go somewhere to, you know, to, you know, the court somehow or or go to some government program to try to, you know, make me whole? No, but that's what the left is all about. Everything that they're about is about the use of our government and the left and the use of our courts to try to give people to try to um, um, create an outcome that somebody wants. Right some wrong. You're never supposed to, if you've got any circumstance in your life that's hard, it's not your fault. And there's supposed to be some government program out there to make it, make your life easy. To give you a home. Everything's a right. For, you're, you're, everything's an entitlement. That's not what this country was founded on. That's not what our constitution was founded on. This gov- we are not a, a country, a nation, or a system that's supposed to guarantee you an outcome. Or, or, or pay you back somehow if, if life hits you hard. This was a stunning statement on her, on her behalf. And to those today thinking that it was wrong move for her to wear a mask, why are you assuming? I, I heard this from conservatives today. She, oh, she's wearing a mask. This means that she's not going to, you know, stand with, uh, you know, our constitutional rights. And if it goes to the Supreme Court about mask mandates or et cetera, you know, this is a bad sign for her. Look, the woman was told to wear a mask. I guarantee to you she was told to wear a mask. But even if she wasn't, I'd have worn a mask if I was her. Because I guarantee you, I would have taken advantage of an opportunity to be able to hide my facial expressions with some of the crap that was said today. She could have been sitting there mouthing all kinds of stuff. Think about how fun that would be to have been her today with that mask on, potato skins. She could have been she could have been mouthing anything she wanted today. Nobody could have known. (laughs) I would have enjoyed that so much. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. Uh, We're going to tell you guys about an event that you need to know about if you're in San Diego County, anywhere really around the San Diego area, you're going to want to know about it. It's the Politics in Paradise event coming up Thursday. We're going to continue to talk about Fauci's making the news today. Fauci's mad at Trump. He thought he was going to go on CNN to correct the record. Uh, We've got um, an interesting, uh, speaking of Fauci, why did the World Health Organization come out against him today? Lots to talk about. Don't go away. More Andrea K. Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. The answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. On the Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You know what? For a while now, I've been telling y'all it's not enough as much as I love the fact that y'all listen every night and we 
chat and we engage on social media and I know all y'all are going to get out and vote. Um, we've, we've got to get active even beyond just doing that. We need to be on the phone to everybody that we know is in a swing state everywhere, make sure they're getting out to vote. We also need to pay attention to not just, uh, we, we tend to just think, um, about, uh, voting for president or maybe Congress, but we really need to be looking at all the different races everywhere in our communities, make sure that we're knowing who the candidates are as well as understanding what the propositions are and the measures, running for office if possible. If you have an opportunity to meet the candidates and ask them questions and make sure that you're informed, it's also a way that you can hold them accountable and make sure that they're they're on the, the page that you want them to be on certain issues. So I've been lecturing about that for a while, and now I have an opportunity for y'all to get active, get out there, and do just what I described. There's an event this Thursday here in San Diego County called Politics in Paradise, and here to tell y'all everything you need to know about it is Rick Wilson, President and CEO of the East County Chamber of Commerce. Hi, Rick Wilson. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Thank you so much for having me on. Great to be here. Well, thank you for having this event. I know it's um, something that y'all do every two years, and I'm glad that you're able to pull it off this year in the middle of the shutdowns and all the um, guidelines and color-coordinated this and that. So tell everybody about the event. Yeah, so it's this Thursday, October 15th from 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Water Conservation Garden in Rancho San Diego. And uh, we're bringing all the candidates. We've invited all the candidates throughout East County um, of all political parties. It doesn't matter if you're running for state assembly, state senator, mayor, city council, water authority, uh, school district, you name it. We've invited all of them. We've got about 20 so far that have RSVP, excuse me, 25 that have RSVP'd. And we know that a few more are going to come in before Thursday. But this is an opportunity to get out and meet your candidates, just like you mentioned coming on, uh, coming out of the commercial there, that meet the candidates in person and ask those questions, not like a panel interview. Um, you know, you really get that opportunity. And the biggest thing, though, is we want to make sure we're following those county guidelines. It's going to be a very safe event. We're going to have hand sanitizer stations. We're going to have uh, security there, but in a real positive kind of Disney way, just reminding everybody, pointing at the big posters that we have uh, following the county guidelines. Uh, we'll be checking everybody's uh, temperature when they come in. And, um, all the staff and anybody who's there that's working will have gloves and a mask encouraging everybody to wear a mask at the event. So this is an opportunity to get out um, during this COVID situation and as close as we can have a live event, uh, but make sure that we're practicing those safe protocols. Well, I'm super excited for everybody who gets an opportunity to go because I think that that one of the things that, um, like I was just saying, so many times voters just think about voting for president or did they just think about voting for Congress? They don't think about school districts and and city council or or you know for or their mayor mayoral race or county you know supervise all the di- different local um, offices that affect our lives. And so to have an opportunity to go and meet these candidates you do will have congressional candidates i i'm i'm not sure if they've confirmed daryl isa and amar yep. campanajar will be there Yes, they both have confirmed. Absolutely. Yes. Both Amar and Daryl. Yes. Well, that is that is obviously the congressional race of the 50th district. So that's hugely important. Um, but you also have people um, from state assembly, county supervised. Diane Jacobs Correct. is going to be there and others. So what a great opportunity to go and to meet the, the people running to represent you at all levels of East County. And I just think it's an amazing opportunity. And if you've never met a candidate before, don't feel intimidated. They're there to answer questions. 
questions. They want to answer questions. And maybe, maybe um, I don't know how you're, what the format's going to be. Is it going to be town hall style? Do you recommend people have a couple questions planned? Or are they going to yeah, get no, to speak won't. first? How's it going to work? Yeah, so we're, we're doing it real casual like we've done every other year for the past um, six, well, 12 years, I guess. But it's it's more of a casual thing where you actually get to six feet apart, but go to their booth or their location and ask them questions directly yourself. We will give each candidate an opportunity for their two-minute elevator speech, yeah. uh, but we really, to, to your point, you get to come to this event and actually speak to these people in person. And actually, someone like Daryl Issa might not even have a booth. He- around and talk to people and so you know these are the, this is a, a environment it's not a structured environment where candidates are separate from the crowd and the crowd you know having pre pre-known questions ahead of time this is just a real casual great environment support your local community come to the water conservation garden but also to your point that you mentioned earlier really get to ask those questions that you care about as an individual not so much like you mentioned your television ads that you're seeing or, or what other people are telling you or what you should think. What is it that you as an individual citizen in our county here, what are the questions that you have for the candidates? And that's what we're really excited about. Yeah. Um, food and drink. Is there going to be food and drink? Yes. So I appreciate you saying that. So unfortunately, there won't be any alcohol due to the fact that there's not really any alcohol allowed anywhere for any kind of event right now. The city of San Diego and the county of San Diego aren't putting out the permits, which is completely understandable. But we're going to have water, sodas. We are going to have food. Each one of the food samplings is going to be completely sealed and made at the restaurant. When it's brought to the event, it'll be handed with someone with gloves, handed to the actual guests that are there. So there's no laying it on the table, touching anything like that going on. We've been very serious about the guidelines to make sure we don't have any kind of wrong impression for anybody who's coming to the event. So, yes, food and beverage will be there, uh, but just a really great event, music, um, not live music, but just music coming through the speakers and, and just fun, fun evening for sure. Well, that does sound fun. You know, I'm, I'm glad you guys are having this because you can still be safe and still have an event and, you know, get to mingle with other, you know, people that are politically minded. So to me, it's just, it's not not only a great opportunity to you know meet the candidates and get involved if you've never met a candidate it's super fun and 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 I would think in advance because you're not going to have 10 minutes you know I've been to this type of event before and I you know I don't know somebody may get up and have 10 minutes with Daryl Issa I wouldn't expect you know depending on what the turnout is going to be so I would think I, I, I if I was y'all listening I would go and look at all the races that are happening think about who's going to be there maybe have, think about really what's important to you in your life and have a question or two prepared so that you you know you know you you want to make good use of your time, um, but you know what? Even if it's just to say hi and shake hands with them, because I tell you what, what, Rick Wilson, I am so appreciative of those from whether Democrat or Republican. I t- I say this every time I speak to a group that it truly it's difficult to run for office. It really is. It's it's a huge amount of of sacrifice in people's time and their money, and so I I, I consider it patriotic. And so you know I think it's just super fun and a way to even just go and thank them for for throwing their hat in the ring um and i and i thank you for having this event while i've got you on the line since you're president of the chamber of commerce how are things going on in east county with reopenings what do you want people to know about the business community east county right now 
Yeah, I'd say the, thank you very much. The first thing I'd like to say is please support your local community and businesses. Absolutely. We, we've been promoting Shop East County for the past four to five months here, whether it be takeout orders, whether you're calling in to, if it's a retail store, what, whatever it was that to help them survive. And as businesses are starting to reopen and restaurants are being able to move outside, still support your local business. That, that is really key and important right now. Everybody's hanging on and doing the very best they can during these tough times. Mm -hmm. And so we just want to encourage everybody out there. You know, you think you can't go to your favorite restaurant, but you can definitely call it in and take that order home and you could still enjoy that great meal from your favorite restaurant. Um, and eventually we are going to come out of this, but we want to make sure that all our businesses have the opportunity to survive during this real crazy and tough time right now. Yeah. How can people uh, come to the event? Yeah, so you can go to eastcountychamber.org and you can register online there. We'll also be accepting payment at the door. Um, right now, it's $30 for members and their guests and 35 for non-members. Um, this is just really helping out to put the event on. So that's really what we're charging for. But it's going to be a great evening. And if you've never been to the Water Conservation Garden, it's, it's incredibly beautiful there. And as the sun goes down and, and, and the evening starts to come on, it's just a great setting to have an event like that. It really is politics in paradise. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. And you know what? In spite of all the shutdowns and the difficult times and things we're going through, um, all of San Diego County, you know, from, you know, the entire county, including East County, it's just it is beautiful to live here and it's magical. And, you know, I can't think of a better way to spend your time on a Thursday evening than to go and meet candidates that are running for office to represent you, get an opportunity to ask questions. So when you go and vote, if you haven't voted already, uh, you're making an informed decision while you're also having a super fun time and supporting the community and hanging out with other like-minded people. So it's a win, 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 win for everybody, Rick Wilson. Absolutely. And I appreciate the last thing you just said, because everything we do at the chamber is about a win-win. So thank you for that. All right. Well, thank you. And I appreciate your being here. Have fun Thursday night. No, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing everybody out there. Have a great evening. Thank you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. We've got more Andrea K. show coming up. we got to talk about, uh, speaking of shutdowns and lockdowns and, and guidance, when do you hear what uh, the World Health Organization had to say today. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A.K., Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I can't believe Monday's show is already almost over. Who's going to be up early tomorrow? I don't think my man, I don't think Tater Skins is going to get up early tomorrow for the nomination hearing. No, but I got a couple of actual appointments that I have to get to for uh, doctor's visits and such. So I'll be up early. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I'm thinking there's some people that are probably would would uh, be willing to undergo some invasive exams instead of having to watch these hearings tomorrow. Um, yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> um, So, you know, today they tried to exploit the the... You know, they're trying to trot out the 2018 uh, playbook. They've got them some house uh, pickup. They actually got them the majority of the house. We talked about this earlier on the show. The Obamacare healthcare thing, the pre-existing mandate thing. I like what you said. Who, 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 who has liked or loved or used and applauded Obamacare? No, I, I don't know anybody. So, but they're, they're trying. Oh, we're, how, how could we be doing this in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, Kamala Harris and others said today, we've got businesses that, that are not going to be reopened people in food lines well who who created that the coronavirus is not the reason why people 
businesses got shut down. The coronavirus didn't cause people to have to sit in food lines. That was that was governors. That was government officials that did it. And at the time that they first said this, I said, do not do these shutdowns. I said there was no methodology behind it. You could not. I said it at the time. I said, you cannot sit here and tell me on one hand that I'm supposed to be scared to death over this because it's novel. We don't know anything about it. And then tell me. That you have any basis on which to shut down a $3 trillion economy. Either you don't know anything about this virus or you do, or you know everything about it. And if you don't know anything about it, then you don't shut down the economy. And if you know everything about it, then you better have a plan that doesn't involve shutting down the economy. Either way, it never made sense to, to shut down the economy. So what did the World Health Organization do? And of course, oh, by the way, before we even get into that, since we shut down, it was supposed to be 14 days, right? Seven months ago. It was supposed to be about what? Flatten the curve. What? To make sure that hospitals weren't overrun. Even in the hardest hit state of New York City, we had a military ship that sat empty. We had the military set up a makeshift hospital in Central Central Park that didn't get used. We still have hundreds of healthcare workers here in San Diego that have not been rehired. And yet we still have states largely shut down. So these businesses that are shut down, these food banks and food lines that are long are by design. Because the Democrats want people to be in pain so that then they can blame President Trump for it. This is what they do. They create issues. They create pain on people. And then they blame the Republicans for it and say, vote for me and we'll stop it. When the reality is, is they're not about solving any crisis. They're not about solving any problem. If they were, we still wouldn't have the issues. Look, Joe Biden's been in office for 47 years. and He hasn't done anything. He wants to he wants to increase the shutdowns. And you know what makes me crazy? Is that there's actually people out there that I talk to that are believing this crap. Let me tell you, in San Diego County, somebody said the other day, coronavirus is now the sixth leading cause of death. What do you mean? It's not the number one? So we didn't shut down San Diego County for causes of death number one through five, but we're going to shut it down and keep it shut down for number six. Does that make sense to you? Now get this. Um, over the weekend, as I pull up my article here, over the weekend, Fauci was mad that the Trump campaign was using a quote from him saying, oh, in 15 years, 50, 50 years, you know, I've or, you know, I've never, you know, um, endorsed a candidate. Well, first of all, fraud Fauci, nobody said you endorsed President Trump. What they did was they used a quote in which you were bragging about, you know, how great nobody could have done a better job of the coronavirus response. So, you know, you're coming out complaining that somebody's nobody's accused you of endorsing anything. Second of all, it was your own words. Third, you know, Trump did hand you. Un, uh, you know, uh, against my uh, against my advice, he did hand you the reins of controlling the coronavirus response to this country. So that's why you said it was a really good response. And if you now don't think it was a good response, who's who's to blame for that? Fraud Fauci. Trump followed you. Trump followed Burks. Right. So now Fauci's out there complaining tonight on CNN about Trump holding rallies. Yet Fauci did not say a word about Black Lives Matter. He didn't he didn't criticize them for wearing a mask. I think he said at one point that some things were more that were bigger than a virus. Of course, he's the same guy who told you, you know, well, you need to have sex. Go get on Tinder or whatever. So the World Health Organization 
their special envoy has urged world leaders, get this potato skins, to stop using lockdowns as a primary control method against the spread. Hence my light box idea, because I heard about this. Uh-huh. Trump was yeah. right. Just apologize now. Yeah. We in the World Health Organization do, want, do not advocate lockdowns as the primary means of controlling the virus. The only time we believe a lockdown is justified is to buy you time to what? Reorganize, regroup, rebalance your resources, protect your healthcare workers who are exhausted. Been there, done that. Done, done that. Over done, over Done. Empty hospitals everywhere. I got family working COVID wards. Done. Done, done, done. He goes on to say that the collateral damage that lockdowns are having worldwide, especially among the poor populations, are why he's coming out and saying this. What they didn't realize? It's not they rocket science, people. Yeah, right. What, did you not think that when you cut off a poor person from being able to have a job that they were going to get... Rich somehow? Did you not realize they were going to get more poor? Gee, you take somebody who's barely getting by and you take their job away from them, what? What what do you think is going to happen? He goes on to say, look what happened to the tourism industry, for example, in the Caribbean or the Pacific, because people aren't taking their holidays. Look at what's happened to smallholder farmers all over the world because their markets have got dented. Look what's happening to the poverty levels. Seems that we may well have at least doubling of child malnutrition because children are not getting meals at school and their parents and poor families are not able to afford it. He says lockdowns have just one consequence that you must never, ever belittle, and that is making poor people an awful lot poorer. That's what you've done, Democrat Party. That's what you've done, Fraud Fauci, and that is what is continuing to be done to poor people across across this country in the form of continued shutdowns. He went on to say, oh, by the way, hundreds of, of uh, scientists, practitioners, epidemiologists, biostatisticians, biostat- and others have signed on um, for um, something called a declaration that states the most compassionate approach that balances the risk and benefits of reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection while better protecting those who are at higher risks. Science healing deliver that one. Right? This is what I said from the beginning. We knew when everybody was talking about flattening the curve and they were using Italy, we knew then that it was about old people, old people with comorbidities. We knew that at that point that children weren't getting it and dying from it. We knew that it wasn't a 24-year-old, normal 24-year-old, 25-year-old, 35, 40-year-old person dying from this. And that is still the case today. If you are under the age of 70, even I think at 70, you have a 94% chance of recovering from this. If you are below 70, it's 99.96%. Recovery. I don't care what the case count is. We want that case count to go up. When I had the um, the doctor from the Association of uh, American Doctors and Physicians on my show early on, when Gavin Newsom was saying, you know, half of California could get this, she said, well, probably all of it will get it. That's how you get herd immunity. Everybody's going to get this. Who hasn't had the flu in their life, which is a coronavirus? It's from the family of coronavirus. They had to shift it. Fauci today is talking about this positivity rate. Oh, the American positivity rate is 5%. Listen, you know, uh, the deep state is comprised of more than just the FBI and the DOJ. We have a 50-year hack, Fauci, who should have been fired long ago, who was a part of the swine flu uh, pandemic where 60 million people got it. And Barack Obama's own dude said, we're just lucky that more people didn't die. 
Fauci has done nothing to make anybody's lives any better. In fact, what he has done in pushing the shutdowns on America is a crime against humanity. And he's still collecting a paycheck while he has pushed for policies that have made poor people poorer, according to the World Health Organization. Crazy. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out.